Welcome to The Carpool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we're looking at a brand new set. We're looking at Mirrodin, but specifically... New Phyrexia. Ooh. It's going to be pretty awesome. So we're going to start off doing some hidden gems. We're going to be looking at 10 through 6 for this video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one's going to be the top, the tippy top in the words of Kyle. <laughs> and that's going to be 1 through 5. So let's start yeah. off hard strong, going with number 10. All and, right, uh, take it away, Stu. All right, I'll take it away. My first card I'm going to be taking a look at is called Invader Parasite. It costs 5 mana for a 3-2 body. It has imprint. When this guy enters the battlefield, exile target land. Secondly, whenever a land with the same name as the exiled card enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, Invader Parasite deals 2 damage to that player. So this is going to seem a little off the grid for the very start of this, and it should be mm. because it's like, well, what am I really getting out of this? Is the damage the thing I should care about? Well, hitting a land's a big deal. Taking somebody's countdown for no and giving them nothing back. This is why Ghost Quarters used or something like a strip mine because it doesn't feel as bad. But getting rid of a land and also hitting them for more damage down the line, it hurts. It hurts bad, especially if land count matters. It can go ahead and turn something off like a Temple of the False Gods, a Valakut, or pretty much an Emeria. So being able to do that is very strong, but usually this is tacked on to like an instant or sorcery. Being able to have this on a creature makes us have more value. Yeah, you don't really see this that often. Mostly you see cards that exile non-land permanents. So things that target lands, especially creatures, are pretty few and far between. This one's especially good because it exiles the land and doesn't put it into the graveyard exactly. where somebody can just play a Crucible of Worlds and then you pretty much did nothing. This is actually better than I thought at first because whenever I see cards like this at this point, I think, you know, oh, exile until it leaves the battlefield. But that's not true here. No. You actually, you look at it closely, that's not true here. And initially, again, I thought you can only target basic lands with this, really, because how else are you going to get consistent damage off this thing? You can. That's not necessarily the point, though. No, it's not. It's more or less, it's, it's a form of spot removal for lands. Because nobody likes the blanket destroy all lands and it feels real mm. bad but however if you're using a deck that's all about putting damage on like perforos which constantly is putting damage on and doubling that damage via like furnaces of wrath or something mm. like that this can go ahead and scale really really quick especially depending on what the deck is like go ahead and you hit a green player they're putting in lands left and right it's gonna really sting blue uh they use a lot of things where it's like all right i have snow permanence now well Guess what? You're going to really hurt them. They're going to be getting the land boost off of that, but any of the snow lands that are using the extra planar lens, they're going to really hate this card. Well, and you can use certain, certain lands you can target. Even specialty ones are ones that almost every deck uses, so you potentially have damage there on the board still. But the main point of this one is the fact that it does get rid of lands. Some lands, like a Gaia's Cradle, for example, some lands are just really too powerful and they need to go. So when you need to do that, get a card like this. This is actually, again, interesting. I wish red had more blink because then this would be a monster. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, we don't get a whole lot of that. Well, this could maybe work in the feather deck if you go ahead and you make a blink deck with that Boro mm -hmm. stuff. You this could. could be a viable source for that. But again, that's a little bit of a workaround to make something like that right now, at least consistently. Still interesting, though. I like it. Thanks. My well, next card actually is very, very similar to this. Okay, go for so, it. So I have, for my number 10, Phyrexian Ingester. Another imprint card that, guess what? When it enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-token creature. 
and Phyrexian Ingester gets plus X plus Y, where X is the exiled card's uh, power and Y is its toughness. And this is a creature that is a 3-3 to start with and it costs 7 mana. So, it's like a, we it's said, a big yeah, pretty similar to the Invader Parasite that we just looked at. It's a maybe strictly speaking better, but slightly more costly version of Duplicant. Yeah. But in my opinion, this along with Duplicant are one of the better like blinking anti-creature targets out there because this is goes this goes right into a deck like Rune or Brago or something yeah, like that to keep blinking, keep exiling creatures. Again, exile, not destroy. So much much better in that respect. Well, also where this is better than Duplicant, you go ahead and you get X plus Y. Duplicant just gets base power stats of whatever right. that creature is. This gets that plus three three on top of that. So it's gonna be a big guy, yeah, which is it's awesome. pretty nice. So, yeah, this is a great card. I've seen it used before. The fact that this is OG to this set is really awesome that we're going to talk about this time. And, I mean, it's a beast. I'm not sure if it's necessarily in any beast tribal builds, but, you know, it could mm, be relevant at some point <laughs> down the line. But this is predominantly used for Blink. You do see it across the board, and, yeah, it's a strong card whenever you're facing it. And, hey, blue just doesn't get, like, quality removal like this that's permanent very often. No. So... I think this is a consideration in pretty much any blue deck you build. Yeah, it breaks the pie a little bit for that, but I mean, rightly so, it costs a lot of mana. It's, yeah. it's almost more of a green card than a blue card, if you think about it. But again, that's why you also see it in a lot of Simic decks, so... Yep. But moving on to my number nine, uh, I'm going to be looking at a card called Pristine Talisman. Now, this is a three-drop mana rock, which is pretty cool, because you can go ahead and tap it for one generic mana, and if you do so, you gain one life. There's not many ways to gain life that are this easy in Magic. Not really. And also make it so that you get something else out of it. There's something for like you tap this, you put man into it, and you get two life, three life, whatever. But let me give you a little mana to go along with it. That is just icing on the cake right there. It works for life gain decks. It just look, works for just general value decks like any of them that like are, hey, I spend life. Well, I should recover that life. This is a great way of doing it. Yeah, well, with the three mana mana rocks, I usually prefer things that actually give me colors. So, like a Dark Steel Ingot or a Commander Sphere, or something like that. Chromatic Lantern's usually a big guy yeah. for that as well. However, this is a, a, a decent ramp option, but in decks that like to gain life, especially like uh, Karlava the Ghost Council, one Great. of my old yeah. favorites, that this is very powerful for that by making you mana and doing exactly what you want to do, giving you more life so you can trigger all kinds of different effects for basically doing nothing, yeah. which is great. So this this is very, very niche, but it has its home in many different places. Yeah, and well, yeah, that's where it goes and breaks the line of being monocolored because, I mean, any monocolored deck, you don't really care about the colors. How hard is it really for you to get that? Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, well, this could just be another option for that. But yeah, like you said, I, I love it. You usually see something else across the board. I think a lot of people have forgotten this one exists, though. I think so, too. And I think that of this next one as well. So for my number nine here, a surprisingly good card, Brutalizer Exarch. Now, again, this is on the more expensive side because it's a six-drop creature and a 3-3 three, three cleric at that. But when it enters the battlefield, you can choose one. Either search your deck for any creature, reveal it, and put it on top of your deck, or put target non-creature permanent on the bottom of its owner's deck. This is great, because it, 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 it's doing two things that you want. It's a modal card, especially even though it has a high cost. This is in green. You should be able to cast this, no problem. Yeah, but and, and also, it's a, it's, a free, it's a free body along with your potential tutor or potential 
uh, removal, removal spell. So, yeah, and I mean, like, there are a lot of different things I could go into with this. Putting a card on top of your deck sometimes is even more beneficial than putting it into your hand for various shenanigans, like casting the top card for free and all that. And green has tons of that stuff. Yeah, Cascade yeah. and like all of that stuff. And, uh, and putting uh, something that's not a creature, which includes lands, notably, on the bottom of somebody's deck is sometimes better than putting it into the graveyard, yeah. just putting it back in the deck. So permanent hate is great to reuse, and this takes the graveyard out of the equation. This also sets up a lot of potential combos and is a great, again, blink target, repeatable tutor, which I'm all about. Yeah, totally. The only thing I don't get is that it's a cleric. This one should be a beast because it doesn't make any sense to me. But also, this is a great card that you see for like two-headed giant, where it's like, all right, if somebody is using a mill deck, you go ahead, you put something on the bottom, they tunnel vision down literally to the bottom of the deck. So this can combo with other people. It can have political plays. It's a very unique card, especially in green, because this, this isn't really a card that should be in green. This would be more blue. So they honestly should swap those yeah. two guys around. <laughs> but either way, it's a great card and I digress. Yeah, well, let's move on. What's your next one? Here, so at so? my number eight, we have a card called uh, Arioch, is that the Arioch Survivors? Whatever you want to call Arioch. it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have I don't have a monopoly on pronunciation. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm illiterate, so you know it's all good. So this is also another six drop, five generic and a white, for a human soldier with a four six body, and it reads: When these guys enter the battlefield, you may return an equipment card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and if you do, you may attach it to these guys as well. Hmm. So this is very unique because usually when we see like Saram decks that are all about their equipments or any kind of Voltron deck that involves white with their equipments that's usually mainly tutoring from the deck to the hand or from the deck to the field or cheating into play from the hand or circumnavigating the cost it's very rare that we see it being cheated into play from the graveyard and for that effect to go ahead and get cheated into play and equipped for free it's costing you six mana so this is a great form of recursion if you go ahead and you lose one of your swords of feast of famine or whatever because they always get killed because everyone knows the threat level on them so being able to cut that back from the grave equipped onto a target that maybe can attack that turn is very very powerful and super strong i'm not saying this card is bad or anything but but it, you're saying it's bad well aren't there better ways to get uh, equipments back from the graveyard. I mean, sure, is it nice to get a free equip to a reasonably powerful creature? Sure, totally. but it is just, uh, but it is just a, a large creature. There's nothing really special other than what the equipment brings to the table here. Wouldn't you rather just run like a buried ruin, which doesn't take up a spell slot, can do the exact you same can. thing? I just don't get it, really. No, like, well, you can do that. You can run a Restoration Specialist, but I'm saying this is strictly better in forms of decks where we are running a Voltron strategy in white. Voltron strategies are all about the equipments more often than not, and usually you're going to lose key pieces, especially if they see what kind of combos you have going on there. Like Umazawa's Jite, as soon as that hits, everyone knows it's a problem. All the swords, like I said, Lightning Grease even is a thing that everyone's always like, all right, if this stays around, I'm in trouble. There goes my spot removal in my hand. So it's like you need to kind of realize you're going to lose pieces. And instead of using an instant or sorcery to just go ahead and just blanket one shot do it, I want that on a creature's body, which, again, this can be blinked. You can get that effect multiple times mm -hmm. as well. And especially with this being in white, you can do that a lot easier with some things that we see. So I think it's something I've never seen in those decks, and I think it could be a home, almost a staple in them. 
Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence about that card, but it, it, it's not bad. It is a heavy cost of one, but again, we also see in white the ability to cheat creatures into play as well. Or if this mm. is in the graveyard, go ahead and recurse like a Revel Arc or anything else mm. like that. So it's not impossible to cheat this into play and cheat something else into play. You have some combo potential. You do. Uh, but speaking of combo potential, I got a card for you right here. My number eight, which is again a white card, is called Suture Priest. Now, this card is a 1-1 for 2 mana, and it's another Cleric. So whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 1 life. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, they lose 1 life. Very, very interesting card here. Something that I actually don't see as much as I think it deserves. It's not quite as good as something like the Essence or Soul Warden because they trigger whenever any creature the soul battlefield. Sisters, yeah. Right. But they work even when other people play creatures you gain life. This is not that. This is only when you do it. But this adds on the little added feature of punishing your opponent for every creature they put onto the battlefield. So is it better? In some cases, it might just be. Yeah, it, well, it's a great way of stopping some combos. Like we see with Kiki Jiki, this can go just flat out end them. Absolutely. So they know not to do yeah. that. And like Tooth and Nail is a similar kind of scenario with that. So a card that can flat out stop something to win the game is great in my book. And this is definitely something that does that. The gaining the life, honestly, it doesn't even need that. Just the fact that they're going to lose life from it is fine. But gaining life, you're in white, it just helps with so much more other things. And... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this card. This is definitely a great card to use. Yeah, and once again, I, like I said, it fits right into most builds using the Soul Sister cards. Then it also just adds a little bit more value onto that. So, yeah, I'm all for adding this card wherever you can. I agreed. But now moving on to lucky number seven. Now, my card here is definitely going to make you think, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but it is uh, called So Soul Conduit. It is a six-drop artifact that has an effect for six more mana. You can go ahead and tap this. Two players, two target players exchange life totals. So for those who haven't been in Magic for a super long time, this is a extreme budget option to Parallel Universe. That is a... <laughs> $300 plus card from Legends right there. And it is actually a little bit even more time restricting on when you can go ahead and change life totals with an opponent. But this is the thing that's different from that as well. You can choose two target players. This doesn't even have to involve you in this scenario. Right. You can just go ahead and flat out to swap life totals with anyone. A teammate, someone that you made through politics, or an enemy who is just about to go be like, alright, I'm fine, I'll take the damage. Well, let's change your life total and you're dead now so i'll take that extra life thank you very much there's another card um called, what was it now i'm forgetting the name but um a, a white spell that redistributes life totals among any number of players yeah reverse the sands or something like that but anyway. well, there's also a magus of like the um mirror as well yeah so, which is like pretty much the sh cheaper version of that as well but this is something it just strikes me as something that you don't see you don't hear and what's the power level on this pretty dang high yeah i mean there's also like tree of perdition comes close to this but it's still not quite the same. No. I mean, you can really mess with people with this card. And one of the best things that I've seen people do with these cards is make sure you have some way of not losing the game when you have zero life and then just switch your zero life with somebody else. Yeah, you could do some <laughs> fun combos with this, but again, you can do literally the sky's the limit here for you. It, and 
I'm, I'm trying to fathom the right words to say it all, but like, there's literally so much you can do with it. You can, like what Kyle said, just avoid losing and go ahead and do that. Change your life total. Like, Magister Sphinx and Soren Markov are like two staples in Commander that we see. It's like, hey, your life total is 10. Deal with it. Yeah. This is your way of dealing with it and then punishing them for doing that to you. It feels great. You can cheat this into play because it's an artifact. Go ahead and lose this in like any kind of like Doretti deck and mm. just bring it in for free, more or less. And all right, I have six mana. I'm safe now. Like you can literally sit back and right before you're about to take lethal damage, just like, all right, I'll use my six mana. I'm fine. Yeah, this is very cool. I just worry that it'll make you a target because of how powerful it is. And it does cost a fair bit to use. It so does. You need to put a lot into this. Yeah, it's, and again, this isn't the kind of card that you're going to be like, hey, I'm just going to sit here and then in you know, one turn I'm going to use 12 mana and this isn't going to work. That's yeah. not truly the play I'm saying this is going to be in. But like, give it a shot. Try it out. See what happens. It might not be a CEDH card, but it's definitely one that can take you to a whole different type of janky play, and oh, I love that. Oh yeah, I just saw that. I just saw this used relatively recently, and these kind of cards completely screw up the game for everyone. Totally. So, yeah. It stops all strategies, and any card that can do that, there's value in it. Yeah. Speaking of which, my next card sort of leads into that. At number seven for me is Praetor's Grasp. Now this is a black sorcery that costs three to cast. You search target opponent's library for any card, exile it face down, then that player shuffles their deck. You can look at and play that card for as long as it remains exiled. So yeah, but this is there's a lot of cards like this these days actually. It's but a hate this tutor. Is, yeah, but this is one of the only ones that tutors directly from someone's deck. A lot of the cards are like, oh, take a card from the hand, take a card from the graveyard. This is the one of the only ones that takes something straight from the deck. And the best part about this one is you don't have to use it right away. You can just wait for the entire time for the opportune moment to play out the best card in their deck and just completely dominate the game. Yeah, it's a great way to hose strategies because there are some yeah. decks that are around one cantrip. Like, all right, I just need ad nauseum and now I win. Like it, or yeah. I just need Tooth and Nail, and now I win. Or I just need Micaeus, and I win. So like being able to just do this early enough to take that out of the way and have a like calmer, more old school game of Commander, and you'll be ahead because, well, you'll have a functioning deck where they're gonna be like, well, I'm missing a piece of pie right here. Definitely. I normally include this when I build mill-related decks and things like that because it takes one more card out of the equation and also stops something like an Eldrazi that could potentially ruin the Keep milling strategy. Around. Or Blightsteel or... Yeah, the only, downside, the only downside here is you, if you want to use that card, you have to pay its mana cost. You have to pay its actual mana cost to color and all which may not be something you can do it works for like a send triplets kind of build where you can produce multiple types of mana and stuff like that right and nowadays where that actually works in every deck like chromatic lantern can make you any color even in no matter what deck it's in it's a little bit better now for sure yeah big winner from that rule change but yeah not something i would use in every single deck but it's potentially very very powerful yeah, nothing more to say about that. Uh, moving on to my last card from this video, and this one is definitely, I mean, I, I, I love this. I really want to use it in a deck. It's called Bludgeoning Brawl. It has nothing to do with the format Brawl, but it's a, be a fun card to throw in that anyways. Uh, it costs three mana for two generic and a red for an enchantment, and it reads, each non-creature, non-equipment artifact is an equipment with equip cost X, and it gives a boost onto the creature of plus X plus zero, where the card's 
converted to mana cost is X. So that could have been worded so much better, Wizards. Um, pretty much, and if I read it probably the right way, it might have helped. But So anything that you have lying around that's not a creature and that is not an equipment that is an artifact is now an equipment artifact. So if you take a second and think this in, all your mana rocks now still tap for mana and can now equip onto a creature to give them a boost. That right there is awesome. You can go ahead and make it so like tokens that you go ahead and produce as well can now equip. They'll be zeros, yeah. but there are equipments that go ahead and they boost due to how yeah. many equipment and, and there are and there are creatures that do that too and for the record i was not laughing at you i was laughing how silly this card is because oh, i like it a lot appreciate too. <laughs> it no I, it's just something i've never seen it's a rare and it's definitely worth the rare status that it has and it's just bizarre because <laughs> that it is like you want this in white so bad you really do yeah, yeah. and it's in it's red bad. so it's kind of like well what's hmm. the commander they had in mind for this like i don't well, maybe, again, Commander wasn't around there, but what Commander would you put in mind for this? I don't know, like Jorkadian, maybe? Some kind of artifact, equipment-based red creature? Maybe, yeah, but, like... I don't know. Also, something like, um, recently, when they came out with Marisi, the goad commander that kind of makes everyone attack each other. Yeah. Making people pick up their artifacts and smash each other with them seems like a good addition to that kind of strategy. It's, yeah, it's so, so yeah, goofy. Uh, it is, and I love the fact that this exists i i'm dying to find a home for this card because it's so cool maybe what is, what <laughs> is it maximus where it's like his power toughness yeah. sort of the number of permanents you control right yeah i don't remember his full name but yeah that's wild but Maraxis of keld that's the one you mean that Maraxis yeah. of keld yeah that, that could mm. possibly work but also this can enable certain combos where it's a lot more hoops to go through the benefits like a howling mine only goes off while it is untapped. Right. So if you go ahead and you have it tapped onto something else, you can maybe find a way to use it for this. I'm not entirely sure if that's the case, but... Yeah, there, it just makes a lot of fun <laughs> things that weren't possible before possible now, and I love cards like that. This, it's, yeah. it's so bizarre. It's <laughs> super low-costed, and... <laughs> Please, in the comments, let me know if you've ever used this and how it's turned out. I would love to Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the last card for this video, Kyle, what do you got for us? All right. Well, my number six here to wrap things up for this time around is Life's Finale. Oh, classic. This is a six mana black sorcery. That is, a board wipe and then some. Destroy all creatures, and then search target opponent's library for up to three creature cards and put them into their graveyard. And then, of course, that player shuffles their deck. It's a little bit on the expensive side for what I'm willing to pay for a board wipe. Six mana is generally little it's, too much in my opinion out of the realm four and five is normally what i look for there are even some with for three like toxic delegates hey, i have no the problem best cards in the game letting route so, wait for seven mana i have no problem with that in the slightest but yeah, this one has a little added bonus in that you're selectively milling your opponent which sometimes is not as good as the exile we see with Praetor's Grasp because putting things into other people's graveyards is not always the best strategy. Depending on what you're playing. Yeah, however, this card is really cool in a number of situations, one of which is a mill deck. It helps you board wipe and mill at the same time. But also, I love this in combination with the original Lazav from Return to Ravnica. That works. So yeah, because you if you make him if you make him somehow indestructible, you can then put the three best creatures from their deck into their graveyard, and Lazav becomes a copy of one of them, 
But also remember, Black loves to reanimate dead creatures, especially your opponent's dead creatures. So again, put the best three creatures in their deck into their graveyard, then next turn play your reanimate and just go to town. Or so, even the same turn, actually. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I really, really like this card. It's a great addition to uh, the, the graveyard-based deck's arsenal. Yeah, it's got all the bells and whistles Black wants, and actually, it, it almost makes you think of, how'd they allow this to be a card? I, I almost think it's <laughs> a little overpowered, especially for what Black has in its arsenal. So, But either way, very powerful card, super strong card. If you didn't know about this before, You'll only regret having it played against you. Yeah, so. the original Chainer, too, is a great... Yeah, uh, totally. He has a great commander to use a card like this. Anything, yeah, it, it works with black in so many ways. Mm. Bestly Reanimator, but again, this also can work with Grey Pack and all that other stuff as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, until then, this is going to be the last card for our video, so it's going to wrap us mm -hmm. up here. Um, feel free to let us know what you thought about all these cars. Be sure to check us out on all sorts of our social media. Definitely. We've got a Reddit page. We've got Tapped Out. We've got Facebook and Twitter. All at the handle of Card Pool. And, of course, you can always email us to give us your thoughts or help out with the channel at mtgthecardpool at gmail.com. And if you like what you're seeing, please like, subscribe, and ring the little bell for notifications. Absolutely. But until then, I'm Stu. And I'm Kyle. And we'll, and we'll see, see you next time at the Card Pool. pool.